the farming program with our equipped steel stockholders with Embrook Industrial Estate Grantham. For all your steel needs, call their friendly experts. This week sees the launch of Your Harvest. Already? Don't panic, it's an initiative from the NFU. Many growers as possible sending in their harvest videos, what they do, telling everyone what, what harvest is about and the food that we grow. We'll hear all about that from NFU President Minette Batters in a minute. I'm chatting to Farming Minister Mark Spencer, reporting from Cereals, hearing why Lens Light will be shining in Louth this week, and we'll look ahead to this week's groundswell. This year, for the first time, we've come for the festival rather than just a conference. Conference sounds a bit dry, so it's a festival of ideas, really. And we'll check the markets and get the week's weather too. The Week in Agriculture. This is The Farming Programme with Steve Orchard. The only thing missing this week is agronomy with Sean Sparling, who's been busy with the Lincolnshire show. He'll be back with us next week. And what a great show it was. Perfect weather, lots of entertainment, and a great chance to catch up with farming colleagues and friends. Well done to all involved. Some new stuff from Cereals to talk about in a few minutes. At the show, the NFU launched their Your Harvest campaign to promote arable farmers' contributions to food production, the farmed landscape, and diverse habitats. I met with President Minette batters and first combinable crops board chair matt cully we've been running these campaigns for quite a few years now always launched um, at cereals and what it has done it's helped connect the arable industry um, through the use of social media um, with different um, generations different sets of people and what it involves is farmers getting involved by photographing what they do at harvest and, and then it goes on to social media this year we're using tiktok basically because we're trying to target the under 35s because that connection we, we, we believe isn't in there with our food production so that's where we're targeting on TikTok and the, the campaign is going to run right through the summer into the autumn and with as many members as possible and many growers as possible sending in their harvest videos what they do telling everyone what, what harvest is about and the food that we grow. There seems to be a bit of a disconnect with the under 35s when it comes to food and farming. So putting videos on TikTok hopefully will encourage them to get more involved in food and farming. Yeah, massively. I mean, we've we've very much used this campaign over the years as a, as a sort of lobbying tool, really. I mean, it's been great to get MPs out on farm. Everybody loves going in a combine. Obviously, what Ollie Harrison and the team have been doing, driving a combine from John O'Groats to Land's End. The combine is an iconic part of, of our machinery world that everybody buys into, and we really hope that this resonates through TikTok with a younger generation. That is how Generation Z are communicating, you know, all the decisions that they are making about the food that they buy. It's very much done, you know, at the moment on that platform. So for us, it's, it's about being able to engage with, with everybody in a different market. But don't forget our core raison d'etre is influencing government policy. Has there ever, Minette, been a time when it's been more important to get the public involved in backing British farming and our food security? I mean, it's been everything to us. I mean, frustratingly, we have only been able to influence government policy through the lens of the media and the power of the public. And what we do get back from, from all our surveying is that the people in this country really do value food security. There's nothing we can take for granted, but you know, farmers are, are perceived in a really, really good place. You know, they sit very high up in the opinion of the public, but that's not something we can take for granted. We've really got to be mindful of that. But you know, the, the rhetoric, the um, sort of continual focus on environmental delivery over and above and beyond food production 
has been something that we have been consistently saying it's got to be about both it's got to be about both you can't do one if you're not doing the other and I would still say the focus is very much swayed towards the environmental side. I mean, you know, we've got things like parallel imports, sea treatments, all of which are flashing red right now, needing a political answer, a minister who will make a decision. And we don't know. So, you know, 30th of June, we lose parallel imports. Are they going to extend it? They have to extend it. It would be madness not to. But all of it comes from a government that values food production and food security. So that Prime Minister's summit was... A, a real landmark moment, but ultimately this, this needs building on and delivering. Minette Batters and Matt Cully from the NFU and all you need to know about the Your Harvest campaign at nfuonline.com. Also at Cereals was Farming Minister Mark Spencer. Had a chat with him about some of the challenges facing farming these days. We find ourselves in a circumstance where we're trying to feed the world. We've got to try and get to net zero. We've got to try and improve our biodiversity. And that's quite challenging, both for the government and for the sector as a whole. But, you know, I, I think if you look back to history, UK farmers have been very good at, uh, at changing their business, adapting to the circumstances in which we find ourselves. And I see no reason why we can't do exactly the same with the challenge we face today. But, uh, you know, it's a big one, but together we'll get through it. Two of the big sectors that have seen real problems recently have been pig sector and poultry sector. What helps the government got for them? Yeah, so we, actually we've done quite a lot in, in both uh, dairy and pigs. We've launched an investigation into the supply chain to make sure there's fairness within that supply chain. We're also looking now at eggs and at the horticulture sector. So just to make sure that everybody gets a fair crack of the whip, that um, you know, retailers, processors and primary producers have got to cooperate to make sure that there is a, a spreading of the risk and reward within that sector. And of course technology is playing an ever greater part in farming, whether it be robotics, automation. Is there help coming from the government in that direction? Yeah, I mean we're spending millions and millions of grant aid and, and research into robotics, into new technology. We've recently just passed a gene editing bill through Parliament which allows some of our great research institutes to really look at some of the advances they can make in terms of cereal varieties and plant varieties. And I think you know, it's an exciting time in, in the agri-tech sector. Uh, that's why we're investing such a lot of money in it. And we can, once again, make sure that we are world leaders in terms of, of food production. And finally, there's concerns regarding the rural economy generally. Things like planning, things like connectivity, getting actually being able to connect your phone to other people. Yeah, and that's exactly why the Prime Minister held his uh, Farm to Fork Summit in Downing Street to get everybody around the table to address those challenges, to look at uh, what else we can help to, to assist. Uh, of course, lots of people also live in the countryside. They want to have access to schools, to hospitals, to housing, just like everybody else does. Um, but we've got to try and do that in a way which is sensitive to the environment. There is sometimes a feeling that all the money goes towards the urban economy and the rural economy gets kind of sidelined a little bit and it's a bit of an afterthought sometimes. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that's true. I, I think certainly within DEFRA we've got an, uh, a £2.4 billion pounds which we spend on an annual basis. We invest in our food producers, our farmers. We can invest in technology. We can also, there are grants available for uh, livestock farms to invest in slurry systems so that we're making the most of farmyard manures as fertilizers rather than uh, running into watercourses. I think that's a demonstration of actually how farmers are part of the solutions to the challenges that we face. 
All right, Minister, thank you for joining us at Serials this morning. It's been a pleasure, and uh, hello to all the listeners on Links FM. And at the Lincolnshire show on Wednesday, Mark Spencer announced a bit more detail around SFI. Support for farmers to manage their soils, manage their hedgerows, manage their nutrients, and to make sure that they're farming in a way that not only produces great food, but also does that to benefit the environment and biodiversity. We've got to change the way in which we're farming and producing food to benefit the environment at the same time. Now, food security is very important. Important that we keep ourselves well fed. We've been very good at that in the past. But we need to change that so we also benefit the environment. So we think about uh, biodiversity. We think about water quality. So that those farms are there for future generations to continue to keep us well fed. We'll be discussing those SFI developments in more detail next week on the Farming Programme. But for now, let's turn our attention to an annual farming show with a bit of a difference. Groundswell returns on Wednesday and Thursday this week. Paul Cherry and his family run the event. Paul, there's a philosophy behind the show. What is it? It's always been about sort of looking after the soil, about sustainability, and then moved into what has now become the sort of buzzword, which is regenerative agriculture, looking to hand over your farm in better condition than you found it. With that is a very sort of positive message, very forward-looking, very optimistic, looking to ways to sort of improve the lot. So we're building on that. And, and this year, for the first time, we've called it a festival rather than just a conference. Conference sounds a bit dry. So it's a festival of ideas, really, but with a lot of exhibits. All the drill companies are there again exhibiting in cover crops. So, yeah, we're really looking forward to it. So what's actually happening at the show then, Paul? Speakers, exhibitors, practical sessions? Yes, exactly that. So we've got um, nine stages this year so and 200 speakers over the two days. Everything from, I mean, literally, you can come on a dung beetle safari, but equally talking about big picture stuff like um, whether regenerative agriculture needs to be sort of labelled, should it be registered in some sort of form? Uh, that's going to be a very interesting debate. We've got um, an absolute host of different styles of speakers. We've got um, Nicole Masters coming from New Zealand, Joel Williams. We've got um, Richard Perkin from Scandinavia. Most of the speakers are British, but it's a very wide, too wide for me to describe in a couple of minutes. It's everything from sort of first principles to people who are just sort of dabbling with regenerative agriculture, going through right through to stuff for more sort of experienced practitioners looking into sort of further into integrated pest management. So plenty going on and some technology and things like that there? Yes, the robots will be out in force. They, they get stronger every year. It's lovely to see them. The technology is always expanding every year. And, you know, We all know about AI getting stronger every year. Garford will be there with their weed hoeing and um, small robot tra- uh, tractor company. So I think that's an exciting part of the future, which we mustn't ignore. And this is taking place Wednesday, Thursday next week at uh, Lanark Manor Farm in Hertfordshire. Where can we go for more information, tickets, etc., Paul? Groundswellag.com, simple as that. And, and um, have a delve around. All the sessions are up there now. The programmes are all there. You can see all, all the different speakers. Be aware that nearly all the sessions do go live on YouTube sometime after the event. You slightly have to be there if you're going to ask a question. You can't ask a question at YouTube. That's our message. Try and come. It's, it'll be fun. We've got a lot of people camping this year. And I know why they're camping, because they want to stay up late in the bar. We've got music till very late, very, very late. I'm looking forward to a bit of a party as well. So. Excellent. Well, have a great Groundswell Festival this year, Paul. Thanks for joining us on the Farming Programme. And I look forward to seeing you later in the week. Thanks, Steve. Great to hear you. I'll be there on Wednesday and I'll report back what I find. 
Lens Light will be shining in Lincolnshire this week. What's that all about? Well, whilst I was at the Lincolnshire show, I met Louth Livestock Market auctioneer Oliver Chapman. Yeah, trying to raise awareness. A, a very good farming family from the Northamptonshire area are doing a tractor relay. Um, the Eden family, who uh, tragically lost their son to um, suicide um, last year, um, are doing a tractor relay from uh, John O'Groats to Land's End, a very cross-country one, trying to hit as many livestock markets and venues across the country, raising awareness about mental health in uh, agriculture in general. Because it, it is an issue, isn't it? And we tend to think of what could be nicer than being out here, enjoying the sunshine in the in the outdoors all day long. Sounds great, doesn't it? But it can be very isolated, can't it? Oh, definitely. And I mean, we look around us today and there's people happy, smiling. But what a lot of the general public don't see is the hours and days and weeks that go into the livestock, into the arable and into the agricultural industry behind the scenes. Whether that's lambing sheep, carving cows or planting crops, there is a lot of hours that go in behind closed doors alone in a tractor in a lambing shed somewhere by yourself and not everybody gets a chance to get out obviously an event like this is a great opportunity but it's all about raising awareness and whatever is said it's, it's okay not to be okay and it's okay to talk um, everybody is here to talk and that is the main thing and everybody's here to support everybody else what's actually happening on friday then yeah so we are their one stop off in lincolnshire um, being the last remaining livestock market at Louth and we're their overnight stop so we are having a evening uh, hog roast a charity auction and welcoming the Edens down um, at their overnight stop and hopefully helping them raise awareness and letting them uh, talk about why the reasons why they're doing it at the same time as, as raising money for their chosen charities. And is this open to anybody to turn up? Do we need to book? How's it working? Yeah, so all the details are available on our Louth Market website under our calendar date, uh, which you'll find for Friday the 30th of June, um, with all the information of times, booking tickets and everything like that. But yeah, we, we want to raise as much awareness, as much as the Edens do, but also have a good time and, and hopefully raise lots of money. Look forward to seeing you there. Definitely. Oliver's here with the Livestock Market Report. Alice from Openfield looks at the grain markets. We'll get the week's weather forecast and hear about some new stuff from cereals next. Oh, and where's Sean Sparling? Probably lying down in a darkened room, having been really busy this week with the Lincolnshire Show. So agronomy advice, back with Sean next week. The Farming Programme with our equipped steel stockholders with Umbrook Industrial Estate Grantham. Supplying the region for over 40 years. This year's cereals was held recently at the Thorsby Estate in Nottinghamshire and once you got past the traffic queues to get in, was excellent, as usual. Some new things were on show. For instance, from Syngenta, here's Lincolnshire Area Manager Henrietta Wells. We've got a new variety called SU Neffin. We've got very high yielding, it's got a very good spec weight. Away from the hybrid barleys, we're looking at winter wheat varieties. The plots are looking very good, very clean. Um, we've got a new variety called SU Cheer, which will be the main focus this year, which will be a potential bread-making variety. So they're exciting, they're exciting for my Lincolnshire growers on the wolds. Everything looks very, very healthy, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, very healthy. Healthy. the sunshine helps um, we know this year has been difficult for farmers we've had disease pressure but yeah in terms of how the plots look today they're ready to show and um, we can see some really good varietal differences which is what the farmers and agronomists want to see anything new on the spraying front from Syngenta so we've got new technology we've got a closed transfer system with a new packaging to go along with it so this is all to do with health and safety reducing the operator exposure 
Um, and then in the spray arena, we've got our sprayers going up and down, uh, demoing the nozzles. So we've got a new 3D90 nozzle, reduced drift. So that's four star Lirat rated with a 55 degree angle. And it's good on all things from potatoes to cereals. It's always popular, the Syngenta spraying area, isn't it? Why do you think that is? Farmers spend a lot of time on their tractors. They spend a lot of time spraying. You know, a tractor to a farmer is like a house. Things are moving on really quickly in, um, with the spraying technology. And yeah, it's keeping up to date, keeping current with it, keeping safe with what you're doing. Um, and Syngenta are at the forefront of it really we're really lucky to have a good portfolio of nozzles um, and we've got some really good experts in in spray technology too that's Henrietta Wells from Syngenta more info at syngenta.com also at cereals I talked oilseed rape with Corteva sales manager Andy Stainthorpe Andy we've got an awful lot of oilseed rape gets grown in Lincolnshire and you've got something newish that might well be able to help with that tell us about it Sure, of course, yeah. Last year, uh, we had a product called PT303 go onto the recommended list. And it's a winter oilseed rape hybrid that has a unique feature, and that's tolerance to the disease sclerotinia. Okay, now let's take a step back. What problems does sclerotinia cause? Well, sclerotinia is is a disease that doesn't strike every year. It, It can strike sporadically. However, it can cause severe yield loss. So when it does strike, the consequences are severe. And, and for that reason, uh, for many years, of course, farmers have protected uh, prophylactically against this disease by spraying at flowering time. So you've actually put this product into the seed that protects it from sclerotinia. How does it do it without giving trade secrets away? No, no it's, it's, it's a good question. Um, so there are two things that contribute to this tolerance. The first thing is a genetic source of the disease resistance. So that comes from a, an Asian source, selected from a part of the world that's very humid, uh, high rainfall, where we, we know from our experience in that part of the world uh, that this tolerance exists. In addition to that... Part of the benefit of the types that were grown is that we get more air circulation below the canopy. So there are two parts to it. One is a genetics tolerance and the other is lowering the humidity so that the disease pressure is lower. Now these ones that we're looking at here at Cereals at the moment are pretty tall. I gather they grow quite quickly to avoid problems in the early stages. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good point to raise with wanting crops to grow fast we want them to grow away from any any threats in the autumn particularly cabbage stem flea beak we know that early vigor is important we know that strong growth is important good regrowth in the spring is important and and the hybrids that we're breeding are selected for just that thanks andy their website if you want to know more is corteva.com and finally from cereals for this year a couple of new tractors from case ih product marketing manager ross mcdonald yep what we're um, showcasing today is our puma series we um, have the new 260 here on the stand but the big one we have is our new optum 340 model so this is the first time this has actually been shown anywhere globally so what's new about it what's good about it sell it to me in 30 seconds (laughs) (laughs) so it's building on an already very good existing product we've got more power more footprint and a few more toys in the cab as well so what's new in the cab then Uh, it's a new cab from from top to bottom really The, the armrest the display the seat all the storage and everything around the cab is completely redesigned we've got our new five-year connectivity with afs connect so i can do 
remote assistance. If there's an issue in the field from, from a dealership, I can log in, see what they see, coach the operator. It's really just about ensuring we've got as much uptime as possible. The other thing that often annoys an operator is every now and again, like your smartphone, there's a software update that's going to unleash some new features, fix some bugs, and a man has to come and plug a laptop in. Now, we can send it straight over the air, ensuring that the, the operators, the customers are getting the latest features and things um, in their machine to make sure they're being as efficient as possible. So we're into the 21st century connectivity-wise. Yep. What about things like power and capacity and so on? So this model goes up to 340 horsepower. It's a completely flat power curve. So normally in Case H, we have uh, what we call boost, where the number on the bonnet jumps up 30, 40, 50 horsepower. But this one actually is 340 all day long. So from 17, 1800 revs right through to max, we've got a very flat power curve ensuring that we are just keep pull, pull, pulling. More information on those at caseih.com and serialsevent.com for everything serials, which is off to North Hertfordshire next year. Links FM Farming Market Reports. Starting with livestock, Louth Livestock Market Auctioneer Oliver Chapman. Morning, Oliver. Morning, Steve. Another weekly roundup from here at Louth and Links Show Week. Started with a prime cattle which sees steers sell to 296 pence per kilo for John Thurlby of Kexby, 1723 pounds and 25 pence for F. Wallace and Sons of Biscothorpe. On to the store cattle, a tremendous trade. See heifers all in average £1,208 and steers average £1,140. Heifers top at £1,390 for Pennell Brothers of Tetney, while the steers top at £1,310 for WG Hall & Son. That wraps the cattle up onto the sheet. 401 springers, all in average, 311.26 pence per kilo, and SQQ at 311.49 pence per kilo, making us probably one of the dearer markets this week. Topping for Jack Gratton at 345 pence per kilo or Scrivelsby Farms Limited at 155 pound and 50 pence. Onto the hogs and 93, all in average 214.9 pence per kilo with a top for H. Smith and Sons of Theddlethorpe at 265 pence per kilo or 152 pounds per head. Onto the cool ewes and another lifting trade season, all in average of 125 pounds and 95 pence to top for Tom Hogg at 178 pounds per head. Finally, on to the store sheep and the first draw of store lambs out of the prime section, not just carrying enough flesh to warrant meaning that section. All in average, £109.50 and top at £116 for Fox and Agri, while a handful of ewes and lambs top at £91 per life for Jay Brooks and all in average £78.25 per life. Huge thank you to everyone that's been and supported this week, both buyers and vendors. We're back on tomorrow with prime and cool cattle and all classes of sheep. So for the marketing of any livestock, please do not hesitate to contact me. This is Oliver Chapman for Masons and Louth Marketing. Thank you. Thanks, Oliver. And to the grey markets with open fields, Alice Killam. Morning, Alice. Good morning, Steve. A turbulent week this week. The Crop Condition Report, released late Tuesday evening, spoke of more dry weather in the US, which has triggered the move back up, with fund buyers throwing petrol on the fire after becoming big buyers on Wednesday. On the topic of weather, it is being reported that India, having previously announced that this season's crop will be a record size, is now looking at being 10 to 12 million tonnes lower than originally anticipated. Russia is now wet and perhaps too wet in the south with their winter crops, but perhaps too dry further east where their spring crops are being grown. We have also seen a pullback from some analysts in the EU too after hot weather has affected a large area. To add to all of this, many, including Reuters, have suggested this week that the Black Sea Grain Initiative, which is up for renewal in less than a month's time, also appears to be dead. 
I am a natural bull and I would dearly love this weather rally that we find ourselves in to continue, but there are some potential issues that could hold us back. World stocks. This is not a new story and we know that Russia continue to sell wheat at the cheapest price in the marketplace. We've seen it again this week, selling to Algeria, which is often a destination for French wheat. Though the grade sold here was slightly higher, they are maintaining their selling base price for the moment at $240 per tonne. That's circa 180 to 185 x farm. The EU have dropped their crop number this week, but it remains above the five-year average. Demand in the UK is still low. The big question mark on our balance sheet for next season is around the two ethanol plants further north. If between the two of them they do take close to 1.5 million tonnes of UK product, then we will have far less to export. But we have heard this story before. Their usage number can fluctuate and this big estimate is not guaranteed. Finally, we will begin the season with big stocks, which is another reason for the huge and unusual carry from harvest to a September or an October position. We are in a weather market which has moved us up, thank goodness nearly £30 in a month on November 23. My sensible advice surely must be to grab a little bit of it if you've not sold anything further forward. For the big forward sellers, keep an eye on NOV24 too. I feel barley is just too cheap. Selling harvest boats is incredibly difficult as buyers are attempting to play who blinks first with us. Further forward though, and the carries are already there, but surely if Spain and Portugal really do need a healthy supply of barley in the autumn, should the wheat and barley spread narrow a little? This would be a logical thought process for me. The rapeseed market continues its wild roller coaster. The trigger was an announcement from the Biden administration on Wednesday, which increased the amount of biofuel that oil refiners must blend into the nation's fuel mix over the next three years. But the plan has angered the biofuel industry, which says mandates for corn-based ethanol and biodiesel are not high enough. Q2 days of limit down movements in the soy oil markets, which has crept into the beans today also. Try to avoid harvest selling would be my advice. We must surely get an opportunity at better numbers at some point before Christmas. All in all, a good week. How refreshing. Let's hope this continues and creates opportunities for a few more of us. Some guide prices for this week, circa Friday morning. Feed wheat, July 180 to 185. September 195 to 200. November 200 to 205. Feed barley, July 155 to 160. October 175 to 180. And finally this week, all seed rape, July 340 to 350. So for another week, as usual, please call for firm values as the level of volatility seen is changing prices hourly. Thanks, Alice. The Farming Programme. Five-day forecast. Quite a bit of rain forecast for this week. You can expect some each day, particularly today, Tuesday and Friday. Winds are light, generally no more than low teens MPH. Southerly moving westerly later in the week. And after today, it's going to feel a little cooler with highs in the upper teens Celsius. Next week on The Farming Programme, more on that SFI announcement. And I'm doing a bit of beekeeping. I'm Steve Orchard. Until then, have a great week. The Farming Programme with Araquip Steel Stockholders with Embrook Industrial Estate Grantham. BSI ISO 9001 accredited.